podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello, good afternoon, good evening, and even good morning to wherever you're listening to our LinkedIn Live. My name is Naishad Gadani, and I'm the founder of Your Career Down Under. And uh, you know, I'm here again with another LinkedIn Live, or what we say is delivering a care package, a career care package in the times of COVID-19. Unprecedented times requires an unprecedented response. And that's what we've been doing. It is our 42nd episode, uh, which is around eight weeks we've been on this journey and we would like to continue uh, you know, this journey as much as we can. So that we continue to bring new ideas, new perspectives and new theories to help you uh, navigate uh, COVID-19 or even post-COVID-19 times. So I'm here, um, uh, for those who do not know where I am, I'm back in Melbourne. I'm still but in quarantine facility in the heart of the CBD in Melbourne. It's beautiful outside today. And, um, you know, we we found out that we will have a 20 minute walk today that we can go out, uh, you know, and leave our room after four days, which will be fantastic to see people and to, to see how Melbourne is in last three months. Uh, but I'm here. I'm here uh, with uh, the collaborator of the show, Caroline Brown. Caroline, welcome. Thanks, Nash. It's great to have you back in town. I was just thinking as you were speaking, you can lock a man up, but you can't keep a good man down. So um, it's fantastic to be here. And um, today we've got Anthony Cohen. Now, Anthony is a founder of Project Displaced. And uh, when we saw what Project Displaced was about, we thought, fantastic, we must get Anthony on the show to talk to us about what it is and, and how it can actually help you uh, find a new job in these um, uncertain times. I'm sick of using that word. I hope, I wish we had a different word for it, basically. I won't say desperate times, in these times. Um, so yeah, we're gonna to talk to Anthony about what Project Displaced is about, um, get his insights on um, you know, what's coming up in the market, how you can um, navigate this market and, and that type of thing. So I might hand over to you, Ant, and, and get you to give people an introduction to yourself and um, tell people about Project Displaced. Sure, thank you, and thanks both for having me on. It's a it's a real pleasure. I think that you're right. There are a couple of words that me we may want to banish from our vocabularies. <laughs> um, you know, the, the current situation. Um, a word I used to love, which was pivot. Um, I think we're all using to death now. Um, I apologise. I will I, I will probably use it during this conversation. But um, it's it's great to be here. Look, Project Display started in the middle of March. Um, a little bit of background on me. I've spent my life in hospitality, tourism and travel. I was with Qantas for 16 years, although I left them six years ago. Um, they still remain part of my family. Uh, my partner's an orchestral musician, and so the other half of our extended network are all in the arts. Um, and I was actually in the clubs industry when COVID hit, and, and I just started a new contract there. And I could see very quickly that 
understandably clubs were going to close and I'd probably lose that contract, which happened um, a few days later. But I thought I've been through redundancies twice so far in my career. I've gone through all of the emotions and as we all do, um, were there, are there some lessons, some skills I have coming out of that? Plus, you know, I'm a marketer. So do I have ways to approach things that might help the people in my immediate network? And that was really what it was. So it was a Wednesday evening that I thought, let's see. Um, I put a call out on LinkedIn for some jobs just to see if anybody had jobs. And actually within a couple of hours, I had a little over 3000 roles sent to me privately. Um, which was incredible. Um, I shared them with private Facebook groups for ex-Qantas staff and for arts and musicians and and people like that. And and there was a huge demand really. So it quickly became a question for me to go, well, how do I get some scale? How do I reach more people? How do I help more people access these jobs? Which is what started it off. And I learned uh, a little bit about web development, which I still don't know a huge amount about, but created project displaced and it, it was a job board um and when you come to us today that's that's the first thing that you see and we still have jobs being loaded on there every day um it wasn't intended to be a competitor to seek or career one or even linkedin it was just another resource and we'll talk more about resources later um but i wanted to reach some more people and the difference i suppose is we did everything for free um i'm not charging anybody to join us to register and I'm not charging companies to put up premium ads. So, you know, the whole idea is let's just try and help as many people as we can get them into employment, whatever that looks like um, in the shortest period of time. And that was mainly for the arts, tourism, hospitality and travel industries. But very, very quickly, you know, this has been a, a journey of some pace. Um, other industries asked, can they start to join? I got calls from the UK, from the Netherlands, from the USA and from New Zealand asking whether we can extend to, to them. Um, so click of a few buttons and, you know, we, we, we've opened it up to almost anybody. And um, what then happened about the following week was a wonderful um, person, and we now have very many wonderful people helping us, um, put their hand up via LinkedIn and said, hey, I'm an HR professional. Um, this is what I do for a living. I don't have a lot of work on at the moment. I'm happy to review people's CVs if that's something that's of benefit. Um, and long story short, that's the part of what Project Displace does now that I'm most proud of. And it's we offer career support services as well as jobs um, or, or a job board to people who are in need at the moment. And we've got some 30 odd volunteers three quarters of whom I've never met in person. Um, We've bumped into each other on LinkedIn or, you know, via referrals. Um, And we've got a a terrific group of specialists who who help people through that journey. So, you know, we'll talk about the the offerings in a bit, but we have everything from mental health support through to reviewing those resumes as we started off doing, how to identify your hidden skills, your latent skill set, how to cope, career coaching, all sorts of things. So, it's been 11, 12 weeks, um, something like that. And um, we're, um, we're, we're incredibly grateful. There's a few companies that have helped us uh, in kind um, with some support to try and get this um, up to speed and in market as quickly as we possibly can and carry on helping people. That's phenomenal. It's just it's such an amazing story, starting from like 3,000 messages that you got when you put um, your hand up for, for help. It's um, What's it taught you? Have, you? have you taken out some sort of sort of personal insights from the whole thing? Oh, probably a lot, and it would take up the whole the whole of this call. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, personally, I'm learning a, a lot. You know, I've, I've yeah. 
corporations where I'm used to being able to call the IT department or call the HR department if I have a, mm. have any issues. As entrepreneurs, as you know, uh, suddenly you are all of those departments and I've had to mm. figure some things out. I think, you know, from a very personal point of view, I've learned to ask for help more and, and to use my networks. And I know we talk about that a lot. And I know you've mm. spoken about that previously as well and, and will continue to. Um, so I've had to learn to ask for help and to reach out where I don't know things. I've also learned that there's so much good there is absolutely um, a sense of the unknown at the moment and certainly people are doing things hard. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not eligible for either job seeker or job keeper and I've had to look at the, you know, how I'm going to sustain um, our lives and livelihoods mm. as well. But I've learned that there's a lot of good. I've had, as I say, so many people reach out to say, hey, I can help. And these are, these are not people that in, I think, ordinary circumstances would do things uh, out of the benevolence or goodness of their hearts. Um, mm. And I'm really buoyed by that. And, and I'm learning that also job seekers out there can do so much more than they think they can. Mm. And we're not as limited to the industry or role type that we may traditionally have found ourselves in, planned or unplanned. So mm. yeah, there's there's a lot of learnings coming out of it. Mm. It's really interesting when, oh, sorry, Nash, you go. Yeah, you know, uh, Anthony, I'm more also interested in, you know, your redundancy and, you know, how did you, because as you explained, you had a couple of redundancies and redundancies are, you know, emotionally, you know, challenging experiences because, you know, I remember my first one, I went to the office at 8.30, 9.15, I was in the taxi, uh, you know, and it was prepared by my employer. My employer, you know, was... Kindly enough, he said, look, we've already prepared your taxi, so it will take you straight to your home. Don't worry about it. Just leave the car keys, the laptop and everything else here. And now for, you know, for somebody who's experienced first time, I just did not understand what, what, what he said, what it means. Like, you know, do I go home? Do I get a call back or, or anything? But tell us, you know, how did you personally kind of, you know, overcome some of those challenges of emotional and also then the the word that you uh, don't want to use but pivoting your uh, you know your experience to some other field so tell us a little bit more about that yeah sure and you're absolutely right i think that the sense of shock is is overwhelming and um and you you can't underplay it and i think the first time i went through it it was at qantas i had actually put up my hand it was voluntary but even still and i knew it was coming seeing it in black and white on on paper it's there was still a sense of shock this is real um and i think you know when you're going through major periods of disruption and i think right now it's it's very very similar um you're doing it with a group of people so my first time i was doing it with there were three and a half thousand of us who left within roughly the same period of time right now so many people that are in the current situation are feeling the same thing and, and almost an extended version because so many people we know are, are going through it i think the thing that i struggled with the most was my was the loss of self self-identity and the, the loss of other or other people my family, my friends losing that identity or the box to put me in. And it took me a long time to get to this point and, and I wrote a piece about it. But usually, you know, that's Ant, he works at Quise. Or that's Nash, he does this. 
And, and we tend to judge people by what occupation they have and we can easily categorize them. And you know, no wonder it's one of the first questions we ask people in a social setting when we don't know them. And it was that loss and not being able to put myself in a box, I think that I found the most difficult and I didn't know what to do. And I'd also, you know, I joined Qantas, I was 23 years old. I'd been there for 16 years. I'd enjoyed the benefits of internal promotion and large companies and internal training. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm out in the world and, and on my own. Um, and I think what got me through that was using my networks, both personal and professional, to share, to open myself up, to remove some of the ego and to be a bit vulnerable. And that's very, very hard for any of us to do. Um, but that certainly helped me. Um, and then, you know, in terms of finding a placement, naturally enough, it, it, and fortunately enough, it did come through my networks and somebody I had previously worked with had moved to a new organization and they, you know, contacted me and said, hey, we have a role, do you want to interview, interview for it? Um, the second time it happened was very different. It was a complete surprise. It was very similar to what you were describing. Um, and there is just that sense of, of shock as you, you walk out and you've been told not to say anything to anybody else and you've got team members looking at you, wondering why you're disappearing in the middle of the morning. Um, I think what we, what we say to our job seekers um, and I've used this um, throughout those experiences is you're having a very natural reaction to an unnatural situation and you need to go with that. And that's going to mean very different things to very many different people. Um, don't, you know, I saw something on LinkedIn today, which is be kind to other people and um, be kind to yourself. Don't judge yourself by how you see other people reacting to the current situation. Um, and equally, be, be kind to others by not holding them up to the same level of judgment that you hold yourself um, up to or, or compare them to how you happen to be coping with it. So we're each going to cope in different ways. We're each going to use a variety of resources and, you know, there might be something in this conversation or in many of your other conversations which people might want to take. Um, and be kind to yourself and understand your emotional flow, recognize where you need some help and recognize where, you know what, it's perfectly fine to have a day off where you don't look at job ads, you don't look at seek, you don't sign into LinkedIn, you just take a day for some self-care um, and you, you you know handle it as best that, that, that you can. Um, mm. It's probably the, the biggest learning I've had through that. It's interesting how we um, think that there must be a perfect way to respond to things. And, and I mean, I know myself personally, I do get very hard on myself if I'm, you know, not the uh, in control, you know, type, type person, because that's what I think, you know, somebody in control would be like. But it's a very uncontrollable, um, controllable situation. With um, Project Displace, what sort of jobs are there? Like, what sort of jobs have you attracted to the site? There's a whole host. It, it, it ranges. Look, you know, very early on as well, um, there were the ones that you would naturally think we had lots of jobs for Woolies and, and lots of, you know, supermarket type jobs. Those initial 3000 roles that I talked about a lot were in manufacturing and pick and pack in logistics. And we still see some of them coming through, although a lot of them have obviously been filled um, mm. about halfway through. We started to see skilled labor roles coming through which was really interesting and they persist. So we're still seeing lots of roles within engineering and manufacturing. Um, we're starting to now see some of the seasonal workers like fruit picking coming up. Um, and we're also seeing professional roles um, from a, you know, business managers, IT type roles through to accounting um, coming mm. through. And in the last 
um, in the last six or so seven weeks, especially since um, JobKeeper was placed, we're seeing a lot of support roles coming in um, to manage the compliance of those programs within large organisations and some medium-sized organisations. So, um, you know, lots of accounting functions, lots of admin functions, and obviously there were also um, the traditional roles that we saw, or the much vaulted roles of customer service for Centrelink and for various mm. um, Australian government public service roles coming through. Um, and um, more recently too, we're seeing lots of home-based or um, care roles, disability support roles, roles that look after the more vulnerable members of our society. And they're interesting roles because they um, they attract applicants from a variety of different backgrounds. You don't need to necessarily have a certificate three or certificate four in aged care or disability care. A lot of the roles are, are support or just providing in-home support or you know, shopping, doing groceries, and they're all paid. Um, they're, they're not necessarily volunteer roles, although there certainly are those around as well. So. Um, as we've gone through the, the cycle of change, we're seeing different types of roles come through um, mm. and, and also deliver, delivery roles and customer service tends to still be hot jobs and, and I think we've seen some more from Australia Post just in the last couple of days on our side. Mm. So, you know, uh, Anthony, if you can walk us, sort of give us an idea. So a job seeker goes to projectdisplace.com, uh, is yeah, that? projectdisplace.com. Um, they come to us, you can um, yep. browse all of the jobs yep. uh, that we have there. Um, and then in order to apply for And you just apply to that straight away or you're going to register yourself and then apply? You need to register. So you can register for free. Um, you can okay. provide as little or as much information as you want. Many of our job seekers upload this, their resumes or you know their LinkedIn profiles, whatever it might be, um, and you can apply directly from the site. And then, as you would normally expect, you know, as if you were doing it on LinkedIn or anywhere else, you get taken to the employer's website um, quite often. The only thing I would say, um, hmm. the Government Job Hub is terrific um, and is a great resource, and there are lots of great resources around. But a few of our team who don't do the consulting piece and do admin actually go through the job hub every single day and try and find the link wow. to the job that's actually been mentioned. So early on in the, in this crisis, we heard that Woolies had 20,000 jobs as an yeah. example, and, and they've done a terrific job and, and um, full credit to them. But what would happen is if you went onto the Woolies site, you'd just land on their career page and there's 6,200 jobs for Woolies from bakers all the way through to electricians and then the customer service then you would have to find the job that they're looking for and you'd be referred back to one of the recruiters and there's two or three recruiters in each state that's doing Woolies jobs. Um, it can be frustrating for a job seeker to, to work through that, particularly when you're trying to apply as quickly as possible. Yep. So my team's making sure we're actually finding the job with the recruiter in New South Wales that's hiring for the customer service or the logistics job so that the job you link to from us is the actual job as much as possible. Um, but, you know, once you find the job, you want to apply, you click through, you get taken off to whoever's site it happens to be and you fill your application and you go from there. What does also happen when you register with us is you get an email from me, which then gives you a link to our career support services. So again, they're free, but that then gives you the, the link where you go to to see what services are on offer. Um, they're available seven days a week. You choose your time, you make your bookings from there. So it's, it's a two-pronged approach, but through the one central portal. But is there a, yeah, a number of hours that one job seeker gets or is it all flexible uh, in terms of career support? 
Uh, really good question. Depending on what service you want, there are different time limitations um, or time windows. So, you know, a basic resume review is, is a half an hour conversation. But if you want a skill session, that's an hour. But we don't place any limitations on how many of those you can have. And there's always right. a follow-up session. So quite often we'll have a job seeker who says, okay, I want to do this in the following order, as an example, I have no idea what skills I have, so I'm going to book in a skills conversation, and then I'm going to book in a resume session and cover letter session with somebody using what I've learned in the previous session. Um, they'll then have a follow-up with their consultant to review the new resume that they've created, and then they might apply for a job on our site or somewhere else, and then come back to us and say, hey, I've got a job interview coming up, I want to do a job interview preparation session, yeah. and we'll actually coach them through um, and it's mm. great when you've actually got a job in mind because then the consultant can go, okay, you've got a job in ABC for this industry. I've already done your resume. Let's prep you on the type of questions that they might be asking. So we don't place a limit and say, Nash, you've, you've had one half an hour session, you can't come back. We want to take you all the way through to getting a job if we possibly can. Such an amazing resource for people. I think when we first had a discussion and you mentioned about letting people know that this is available and during this time to take absolute advantage of it. Are you finding any particular area is really popular in terms of what people need? Um, really good question. And, and yes, we, we just want people to be able to take advantage of it for as long as we can continue to provide it. Um, yeah. In, in terms of the services, we started off just doing a general session. It, it was half an hour and we were trying to do everything for everybody because we had a small pool of consultants and we really didn't know what people wanted so much. Um, mm. What we're seeing um, distinctly at the moment out of the different services that we have, three are the most popular. The one is a resume review, which would be mm. natural enough, um, and uh, we, we certainly help with that. The other one that we see is the skill session, and that's the conversation around how do I identify my latent skills or my hidden mm. talents or how do I transition um, whatever question we want to pose with that. And the third one is a new service that we only opened up two weeks ago, just two weeks ago today, which is a mental health first aid session. So we have all, all of our team are qualified recruiters or career coaches, but we've also now got a qualified mental health first aid consultant who's also an accredited lifeline um, suicide intervention specialist. I must stress we're, we're not taking over or replacing any mental health plan people might have or if people need urgent help we absolutely suggest they go to places like lifeline or beyond blue or um, any number of, of organizations that do terrific work but this is a really confidential um 60 minute session it's only done over the phone our other sessions are done via zoom so there's an anonymity that people enjoy um and it's proving to be incredibly popular because you have a really confidential heartfelt conversation with somebody who's qualified to do this and has spoken to thousands of people over the last eight years in the same situation. And that can be a really confronting thing to do or to admit to yourself that you want to have a conversation, that you're not in a great place. And as I said mm. earlier on in our chat, we're going to have bad days. Um, mm. And that service is proving to be really popular. It's, it's a really limited service in that it's, it's the one consultant and Obviously, they don't work 24-7, so the places do tend to book up. But um, it, it's proving to be really popular, and I'm really proud that we've got it. So it's not necessarily job seeker support related or getting you into a job, but it's helping you get into the right frame of mind, and that's critical as well. I think it's a great indicator that people are actually reaching, identifying that that's an issue for them and, and being brave enough to reach out to to get that kind of help because it is a like looking for a job is 
awful at the best of times. And I don't know that anybody can make it fun. <laughs> but then with everything that goes on else that's going on in terms of health and health of their family and, you know, what the actual employment market looks like is an extra, you know, couple of other rocks in the bag basically in, in this particular time. So, yeah, I think that's a fantastic thing to be offering um, at this stage as well because your mental health really does dictate how resilient, how resilient you are and how you can bounce back and how you um, perceive rejection and, and all sorts of things. So um, really comes up in, in lots of different ways, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people ask, what, what, how do I market myself? How do I position, how should I be positioning myself in the current market? Mm. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that we do recommend is that people try and remain as, as optimistic as possible and put their best foot forward. And, you know, we have seen examples of people applying to companies and, and openly, honestly, in their response are saying, I'm just desperate and I need a job. And that's not going, that might be the truth, but it's not going to be appealing to an employer. And so some mm. of the mental health services can help you with that resilience and, and helping you frame things in a more positive light so that you do put your best foot forward. And you do, as we always say, no doubt you've discussed, you're trying to demonstrate to an employer that you're the solution to a problem that they have. And mm. you know, these are my skills and everything else that I bring to you that demonstrates that. And you really do need to be in as good a mind, mindset as you can. Um, mm. when you're applying and when you're having those conversations because you want it to, to be successful and you want to be mm. doing the offer. Mm. We've got a you know, great shout out for you from uh, Jane Disney. And she says that uh, she's been in the same company for more than 30 years and it was a rude shock to her when she you know, would have lost the job. But the career support from Anthony and the team has been invaluable in bringing me up to date with my CV and I can't thank them enough for giving their time so freely and help out and their offer for continuing support. So that's a great feedback that we just mm -hmm. got uh, from our live session. So that's just a testament of the, I think, I think you touched on a very important point is that, um, you know, we suddenly feel connected, even though we are not, we are socially isolated, but we feel, uh, you know, collected. And I, I think we did, a. Um, uh, LinkedIn Live, where we talked about collective grief that we are all experiencing. And that becomes a kind of a glue that we are all experienced. We are all in the same thing. So why not we extend that support to you? And I'm, I'm more interested also to, to kind of, you know, carry on from that. So are employers also contacting you and say, look, Anthony, we've got these five positions that we want to list on on your website or you know, if you can help us to find people our employers are also approaching you there, there are employers doing that so you know we we upload jobs in one of two ways we will find them publicly available or from the government job hub and do as i said earlier we'll refine it so yeah. that it's actually presenting you with a viable link um, but we certainly do have companies that are listing their own jobs and we have had a number who want to do a below the line search like they might normally do with a recruiter um i'm very um I'm very fussy about that, if I'm being being honest. Um, I don't let, you know, Joe Blow from ABC, whoever it might be down the road, say, hey, I want to have a look at your books. Um, you know, they, they need to yeah. have a conversation with one of our recruiters um, to make sure that we're protecting the privacy of our, our sure. job seekers because, you know, um, I'm very, very conscious um, that we have a commitment to do that. But certainly there are opportunities for people to do that. I think, though, that moving forward, the focus will be for us at least less and less on the job side um, because there are so many terrific 
um, models and, and apps and platforms already out there and we'll be focusing much much more on building and scaling our job seeker support service um, but yes you know the other day I, I had somebody reach out to me say hey do you happen to have any HR managers because we're going through change and I need a senior HR manager and I, I went in and said well you know actually I've, I've got 150 of them just give me some more information before i start matching you up to people and we'll usually make the approach to the job seeker and say hey Nate, yeah um we've got you know a company that's interested in somebody with your skills are you mm. interested in being connected mm. so what's your advice um to job seekers in terms of um transferable skills what do you think employers moving out of this period are, are going to be looking for in terms of maybe the softer skills and the transferable skills, do you think? Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And it's going to vary, obviously, by industry and, and by employer. But I think that certainly having an understanding of your softer skills um, and those latent skills that I was talking about um, is something that's really critical at the moment. And we've had a couple of conversations, or we've had more than a couple of conversations um, with, uh, with job seekers um, telling them about uh, or helping them work through what some of those might be. So, you know, for instance, we had a stage manager and we said, I've only ever been a stage manager and um, I don't have any other skills. And we're like, well, actually, hang on a second. You've got people management skills. You've got great time management skills. You can cope under pressure in, in a situation of crisis. You'd be perfectly suited to a whole host of industries or different jobs. And I think it's becoming aware of that and, and framing it in your own mind in a, in a really positive way. So I think it's the softer skills around um you know, um, emotional intelligence about time management, about um, passion and commitment and versatility and irrespective of what technical background you may come from, um, you know, you are probably going to be quite appealing to a variety of different employers. I know we lost Caroline for some reason. That's fine. I know. Uh, she will come back suddenly. I don't know what happened. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the same time, if you can sort of talk about the, the because you've also pivoted in this sense right because you know you, you're a, a kind of a marketeer uh, you know if, if I can use that word and you are using this skill uh, with project displaced what what do you see is the the future for project displaced uh, you know is it that it going to continue even post COVID is it going to run just how it is being done because currently it is it i would think that it's a full-time thing for you right now it is it is a full-time thing for me at the moment um it, it's every waking moment and and that's that's fine and you know um i really appreciate jane shouting out earlier and, and that's typical of the type of feedback that we get from the people who meet with our with our consultants um i just want more people to meet with the consultants obviously yeah. but um, you know, I do want this to be long term. I do see this as yeah. long term. I do see that there's going to be a continued need. I know that restrictions are starting to lift and businesses are coming back. My honest um, view is that some businesses will return exactly the same as, as they did before, but I think that they will be in the minority. I think we'll all see a shift for a period of time um, where that may not be the case. And so we want to be able to continue to be there for as long as people need us. Now, obviously we need to make sure that we've got a sustainable business model to do that for people. So that's one thing that I'm focusing on. Um, you know, does it continue to be called project displaced after the, this mass period of displacement? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm open to things. I'm a marketer, as you say. Um, I like playing with names, so um, we, we may play around with that. But at, at its core, being available to always help job seekers free of charge 
to get them through whatever period of displacement they're going through and get them into a period of being placed or um, of some certainty will be our priority for as long as we can provide it. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. My internet dropped out. That's okay. Welcome back. <laughs> well, I, I know, know KB would have this question. Uh, how did you come up with the name Project Displaced? Oh, wow. Nobody's actually asked, asked me that before. Um, that's, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I think the project bit came afterwards, but displaced was just, to, I, I was looking for a word that described how I felt, how others were feeling yeah. and being displaced from our, our, our normal careers and our normal trajectories or, or professions. Because um, I think a lot of people will come out of this in, entirely new careers and entirely new mm. professions. Um, and maybe they would have started a, a job with somebody only on a temporary basis because they need the income right now, but they actually realize that they quite enjoy it. And we're seeing lots of stories um, around different organizations who've been so welcoming to job seekers at the moment, who've been moved through labor exchange platforms or who have signed up with you know public service or whatever it might be. So, you know, the, I think that they'll find that they're no longer displaced, but that, that sense of displacement and it's in our logo as well, things are jarred, things are not quite the same, but we hope that they will return to normal uh, soon and um, that, you know, the sense of displacement will be, um, will be long forgotten. So um, that's really where it came from. Are you surprised? I don't know if you've asked this question already, so um, hit me over the head if you have, a, if you have but... Um, in terms of like getting this up so quickly, like I think a lot of the time we don't do things in normal times because there's this fear associated with the fact that, well, not the fact, it's not a fact at all, that the fear associated with we can't do it. So were you surprised at how quickly you pulled together resources and absolutely, you know, got this up and running and flying? Yeah, totally. I'm still shocked. Um, so. <laughs> you put that on your CV. <laughs> no, I, I, I won't. We'll just keep this between uh, us and the thousands. Um, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, we all have this moment, you know, during our normal lives where I want to write a book or I want to start a business or I want to do a sea change and life mm. gets in the way. Um, mm. And I think that there were two factors here that really drove it. One was that normal life disappeared and was no longer in the way. Um, and, mm. the, and there was a sense of urgency. Um, and so I did find myself learning things that I would never have before. Like I said earlier, web design, I, I know nothing from, you know, I've, I've managed digital teams and digital marketing and relied on the experts in those fields to be able to create amazing websites. And, you know, I would literally be sitting there and I think the first time I managed to get um, the LinkedIn, the sign in with LinkedIn working on, on our website, I high-fived myself and then <laughs> six hours, whereas for somebody much more technical, it would have been a couple of minutes, but you celebrate the small successes. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that there, well, I know that there is no way that I could have done uh, what we are doing without the help of the amazing people that continue to help us and yeah. support us and people like yourselves, um, you know, I, I could only go so far and, and create a little bit of this by myself. Um, it's, mm. it's the fact that I think, you know, to the early point, so many people found that life wasn't normal um, and wanted to jump on board and help. That's a, that has accelerated it. Yeah. I think there's an interesting point you touched upon there. It's like, you know, when you're trying new things, the things that you think are hard sometimes are the easiest and the things that you think are simple, like connecting up to LinkedIn and some weird code or whatever you have to put in are the ones that... That trip you up, so yeah, never absolutely. you never stop trying, I guess. So 
Yeah. Yeah, and and it, and it's okay to experiment and it's okay to fail and and mm. you know these are mantras I've heard in corporate life previously with agile and things like that, but I've never really tried and I don't think we're often given permission and you know what what do you have to lose at the moment and i think that we're seeing something very similar with job seekers as well as you know mm. for the stars try something different do a new approach throw out your old cv version and try something new um, market yourself in a in different way in linkedin if, if you want to experiment um mm. you know, nothing bad's going to come of it and you may be surprised to your point that something that you thought was really difficult you may actually enjoy and you may find that it's it's pretty simple mm. and what about oh sorry nash well, we just have got another heads up from Alex. Uh, I think Alex uh, says that uh, it's been a joy to work with you and also given recruiters a lot of job satisfaction with these volunteering opportunities. And I, and I think that is that is another way to see this. Uh, you know, is that it also gives other people volunteering, which is also like a continuing their uh, professional experience as well. Because you know, as we were talking to Simon, that you know his uh, you know thing around volunteering or pro bono work for organizations you know is like a continuing for the you know for the individuals because they can show that this is what i did for three months six months you know even though they spent two hours a week but i think that itself is is a great boost uh, for their resume and also for their personal satisfaction and all one of the things that you mentioned is the sense of uh, identity that i'm still doing something meaningful work i'm not just sitting watching netflix and chilling at home but i'm doing something more meaningful i i, I absolutely agree and, and hi alex thanks for the shout out alex is part of the consulting team that we've got okay. he's amazing and um uh, i didn't tell him to to log in and alex is terrific in fact the whole consulting team is terrific and you know what i could never if, if these guys weren't volunteering their time the caliber of people that we have i could never afford i'll, I'll let mm. them in that they're, they're terrific but you raise a really interesting point then Ash, I think and goes back to what we were talking about earlier around redundancy. So previously if you had a gap in your CV, you were made redundant and if unfortunately it was only you or a couple of people within your organization, you would traditionally have a really difficult conversation with a recruiter or a potential employer in the future to please explain this, what actually happened here, was it the business or was it you? I think that the terrific thing around what's happening right now is that this gap that we all are experiencing one way or another, or most of us are, um, is perfectly explainable. There won't be a question or awkwardness around, well, what happened between February and May or June in 2020? And so, well, what planet were you on if you don't know? <laughs> but I, I think the question, the defining question is actually going to be not why were you in a gap, but what did you do during that? Mm. Um, and, you know, I don't say to put pressure on people because again, handle this in whatever way you want to. But I think that for the consultants that are volunteering, for the people that are volunteering with raised hand, with Simon's group that you spoke to, um, it's going to be a really easy thing. I, I took TAFE courses. I worked on, you know, just trying to keep the family going is a, is a perfectly legitimate answer about what did I do. Um, or I volunteered with an organization and I helped job seekers. Um, I think there is a tremendous sense of um, fulfillment that people are getting by doing it. And I think it's going to be, you know, that question around how did you cope during COVID? That will be the defining question in time to come. Mm. What about uh, um, longer no, no, term? Go ahead, no, no, no. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, do you have a vision for where where Project Displace will go in the longer term? Have you got something you'd like to see it move into? 
Uh, Nash did cover, we, we oh, did covered he? it off in, in, <laughs> in the break, but um, I'll cover it again. I would love a sustainable, to create a sustainable yeah. model where we can continue to help as many people as possible, um, even beyond this period in time. I think that that's mm. the next period of focus uh, for, for me. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. We don't have any questions. We just got thumbs up from people uh, listening to this amazing uh, creation and creation from nothing. You you know, and, and I think that is what uh, what human spirit is all about. In my view, is that we, you know, the moment we think that we may not get up, you know, people do get up and do something more, uh, you know, bold and amazing stuff. So, you know, really great to chat with you, Anthony. You know, you are doing really great work and which is which will have a positive impact in COVID times and even post COVID times. So thank you again. And thank you for you know being available to share this story, your personal and your professional story with us. It's, it's a pleasure. Thank you again so much for having me on. I think what you guys are, are doing is absolutely terrific as well. You know, it's, it's a mutual admiration society here. I think yeah. we're all trying to do the very best that we can to support people in need. And um, I think that that's terrific. So thanks so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, so, um, how do I wrap up? I've forgotten. <laughs> if you want to subscribe, um, we'll put uh, the link to subscribe in the comments. Um, Neshad will be on tomorrow and on Friday we're going to do a, an Ask Me Anything session. So if you've got any questions at all about your job search, um, please show up to that. Thank you again, Anthony, for joining us. It's been absolutely fun. Sorry about the dropout. Um, and um, yeah, bye from me and I'll, I'll see you um, on Friday. Excellent. For me, uh, you know, I'll, I've got a recruiter coming in tomorrow and ask a recruiter session. So if you've got, if you want to bash a recruiter, if you've got questions, uh, you know, for a recruiter, you know, please bring it tomorrow, 3 p.m. It will be, it will be a solo flight tomorrow. Uh, I'll be uh, speaking to a recruiter from uh, Brisbane and, uh, you know, we'll do it 3 p.m. Until we see you tomorrow, stay happy, stay healthy, and you can go anywhere that you like. See you later, <laughs> everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic please reach out to us we would love to do that until next time be well